Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Note to Self is brought to you by Alto. So Alto is my favorite rideshare service by far. They own their own fleet of five-star safety rated luxury vehicles that are really easy to find. So they have their Alto logo on the side. I'm sure you've seen them driving around. They are clean between every passenger ride. Y'all, these are the cleanest vehicles I have ever seen. I'm always amazed. If you follow me on Instagram, you see me post about Alto for the last couple of years. I used Alto when I lived in LA, when I lived in Dallas, and I now use them here in DC. Alto drivers are W-2 employees, not contractors. They are interviewed, background checked, trained, and performance managed, so you always get a great ride. Alto is designed with you in mind, including in-app music control, so you can just tap vibes on the app and choose your vibes. I usually choose the chill vibe. They have chargers, Wi-Fi, complimentary water, a signature scent, and backseat AC controls in every single car. You are also legally allowed to bring an alcoholic beverage in your Alto which is a plus. Say goodbye to the rideshare lot. Alto picks you up curbside at your favorite airports. I always use them at LAX. They've saved my life. I freaking hate the rideshare lot. Alto is currently on the road in Dallas, Los Angeles, Houston, LA, Miami, DC, and in Silicon Valley. So download the Alto app and use code NOTE TO SELF, all caps, N-O-T-E-T-O-S-E-L-F, no spaces, in the promotion section to get $20 off your first two rides. That's code note to self, N-O-T-E-T-O-S-E-L-F, with no spaces and all caps, to get $20 off your first two rides. Y'all are going to love. Hello, everyone. I'm Rod, the Internet's coworker, and I'm very excited for you to listen to my podcast, Millennial Made. Listen to me and my guests on your commute to work before you have to interact with your 23-year-old coworker or 16-year-old nephew as I translate the millennial experience, discuss internet culture, recap current events, and throw us back to our MySpace era with some nostalgia. Catch me right here on Dear Media or also on YouTube to watch as well. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, y'all, welcome to another episode of Note to Self. If you're new here, thank you so much for listening. So I'm actually really excited about today's episode. It means a lot to me. But before we get into today's episode, I have some updates. First, last week I talked about 
getting really excited for a trip to Europe. We're actually pushing that back to August. So a few more friends can be involved. And honestly, I was just getting really stressed about almost like last minute planning, which I'm the queen of last minute planning. So if I was stressed about it, just know it was really stressful. We had no idea what was going on. So I'm feeling good about this postponing. If y'all are listening to this on Thursday when it's released, I'm actually in New York. I just need a trip away. Joe and I spend so much time together in this apartment. And now that he's injured and not traveling with his team, he's just at home like all day when the team is away and playing away teams. And I'm at home all day. And we're dealing with it well. Like we can spend a lot of time together and it's fine. But also I don't want to set this precedent that like we spend every second together and do nothing else aside from each other. That's like literally my worst nightmare with anyone, including my boyfriend. So I'm trying to go do something by myself, get a little bit out of my comfort zone, get out of our apartment. So I'm going to New York. I'm also going to record with one of my good friends, Kimberly, who y'all loved on the podcast last time. We did a whole episode about her dating experience in New York, and we want to put something together for y'all for the next coming weeks. So look out for that one. Also, there's a new YouTube video up this week. I actually love this one. It's just like a Sunday in D.C., doing all of the, I feel like it's very like that girl themed, even though we've discussed at length how I'm not that girl, (laughs) but it feels like a that girl video, but just like my version, you know what I mean? So that's up. I will link that in the show description. If you guys want to get a visual, because some of y'all might be coming from like, let's say the TikTok, the podcast TikTok, and you don't even know who I am or what I look like. And that's fine. We can keep it that way. We can keep a light, you know, relationship between the two of us. But if you want to hang out with me some more, I post on YouTube regularly and on Instagram. That's where the good stuff is. Also, I am recording with my friend, Mary, one of my very few DC friends who do like the social media stuff as well. She is probably pretty big on TikTok. If you guys have seen her, you've probably seen her on TikTok. I found her a while ago before I moved to DC and we've just followed each other for a little while and have become friends here in DC. And I'm recording with her for next week's episode. So I'm really excited to share that with you guys. We're going to talk about her almost like instantaneous success on TikTok and all of the like things that go along with that, that you might not think about. So I'm actually really excited for that one, and I'm happy to talk to someone here in D.C., so that'll be really a really fun episode, and I hope y'all stay tuned for that one next week. But that's all my updates. I'm not going to ramble on and on because I really want to get to today's topic, and we're talking today about medications. I have recently decided to start taking antidepressants for the second time in my life, and I've given it a solid like month and a half to see kind of my thoughts on them and how they're, you know, helping or hurting my life. And I just wanted to have more experience this go around so I could share a more thorough episode about my experience, obviously. So I haven't really said much about them. I've mentioned them on YouTube a couple of times in the last month. But other than that, I've really kind of been hush-hush about it because I really wanted to experience this process and then be able to share about it, like I said. 
So I want to give a disclaimer. This is only my experience, obviously. Everyone's experience will be different and I'm not prescribing you anything. I think it's very important to think through going on medication for anything, if possible. Find a psychiatrist, if in this particular situation, a psychiatrist that you really like and that you really trust and make sure you're thorough about sharing your internal thoughts, your internal dialogue, your day-to-day, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, so they get a full picture of what you're dealing with so they can give you a better diagnosis and treatment plan. Just want to say that because this is a serious topic, and though I do approach things like this somewhat flippantly just because I like to make sometimes a joke of things, and it makes it easier for me to digest personally, know that this is serious. Getting on medications that affect you like this is not to be taken lightly. That's all I'm going to say on that situation. That's your little disclaimer. Most of you don't need it. Most of you understand that I'm only talking about my experience, but for the few of you that need it, there you go. So we'll go a little background information. I've talked extensively about my experience with anxiety and depression. I actually have a full episode on anxiety and depression. That episode is episode 10, if y'all want to go back and listen to that. But long story short, I deal with both anxiety and depression. It actually kind of runs in my family, and I have never known a day without it, literally since I started making memories. I've had these feelings, or absence of feelings, if we're talking about depression. To me, it's defined pretty much my entire life. At best, my anxiety is kind of a general sense of uneasiness and rushing and like a looming sense of doom. (laughs) At best. (laughs) At worst, it's been severe panic attacks, severe, lashing out and like just a need to control my surroundings just to gain control of something. Sometimes it turns into paranoia especially that like the people around me, something bad is going to happen to them or something bad is about to happen to me directly. At best, depression is that looming sense of just like mental exhaustion and kind of like a light numbness to everything. And at worst, it's just not seeing the point in engaging in life at all. Just like a deep existential numbness and being too realistic and logical for my own good, which kind of turns into negativity by some people's standards, even though to me, it feels incredibly logical and realistic. So I dealt with this my entire life. When I was in college, when I was 19, I went on medication for the first time. And it took me a little while to figure out what medication worked best for me and the dosage. But when I got on it, I was like, holy fucking hell, (laughs) this is how people live. What is going on? I was chilling. I was fine. I there was not the looming sense of doom that I've discussed with you five seconds ago. It was truly life changing. And for me, I think it just set me, it kind of reset me and showed me that my anxiety and depression that I was dealing with wasn't a problem necessarily with my character. It was just the chemistry in my brain. And knowing that was very helpful. Then I went to study abroad in Italy one summer and 
I left my medication on a plane. We had a stopover somewhere, I can't remember, in a different country. And I left my medication on that plane, didn't realize until I got to Italy. And I couldn't get meds quickly enough to avoid the withdrawal symptoms of the medications I was on. So I was, y'all, literally running through Florence, Italy. I think that that weekend, my friends, we had just gotten to Italy. My friends went on like the little trip with the school we were with, like a two-day trip. And I was alone. I was running through the city trying to find the doctor, but everything obviously is in Italian. I don't speak Italian. I was having brain zaps. That was one of the symptoms I was having. So I can only describe it like basically life is moving at a normal pace. Like your brain isn't taking information at a normal pace. And then every like three seconds, there's like a lag of like half a second, which it's weird to explain. It's hard to explain if you've never had brain zaps before, but basically it makes you very disoriented and you feel just like literally insane. Like your brain is turned against you. So I was so confused having this with these withdrawal symptoms. I also was incredibly nauseous with the withdrawals. So I was like needing to throw up. Sometimes I could, sometimes I couldn't. It just felt horrible. So I laid in a dark room for like two days and then I was going to find a doctor to find these meds. They didn't have the meds that I needed in Italy at all, actually. So I just had to suffer through that process. And I decided then like, that was fucking miserable. Obviously, I don't want to be on medications that cause me this if I forget to take them or if I lose them. So I got off of them. And that was when I was 20, when I was 20. So since then, I'm 28 right now, I have been off of medications. I was only on them for about eight months in total in my 28 years. And I got this thing in my head, like, I'm not going to go back on them. I'm just going to deal with them. And to some extent, I have been able to, to some extent, knowing the feeling of being quote normal and having like the normalized brain chemistry allowed me to kind of see my anxiety and depression separate from myself. And that has been helpful. Exercise has been helpful. Self-regulation and discovery and kind of researching more about the topic and knowing more about it has also been helpful. Doing a lot of self-care, making sure to prioritize relaxing, which is really hard for me with anxiety, especially because I feel like that side of my mental illness makes me feel like I need to be doing stuff all the time. It's just like really restless kind of. So really prioritizing self-care and being with Joe has made it easier because he prioritizes self-care so much and he relaxes a lot when he's not playing. So I've just kind of followed his lead on that one. So what changed things is an epiphany that I had. So not recently, so I'd say like a couple months ago, Joe and I got in like a series of arguments and there was just like some tension as, you know, this happens in relationships sometimes. And I realized though, you know, everything wasn't my fault. It wasn't like me doing something wrong and Joe doing something right. But anyways, I realized that the stress of my anxiety and my depression had worked its way into my relationship. I think for me, it was easier to manage all of this when I was alone and I'm able to kind of bear the brunt of it internally, even all the negative stuff. But when it starts hurting people close to me, it's kind of when I have to reconsider my approach, I thought. So it's time to reconsider this. Also, I've never been in a serious relationship like this. And they always say that like being in a relationship is like holding a mirror up to you and seeing all of the things that you're doing wrong, basically. 
So this is one of those things I've learned that maybe it was affecting people around me more, but I just didn't see it because I thought I was holding it in so well. And Joe, I will say, has dealt with a lot. He's never had anxiety or depression, so he can't really relate to the experience, but he has been like really trying to be helpful and do his best to help me through that in my life. But at the end of the day, I was just kind of radiating anxiety. I was radiating depression. I would go through bouts of just like needing to control my surroundings and being just like very particular about my life. I didn't really want it to affect him that much, but it does because we live together. Just being paranoid, being on edge and being negative a lot of the time. And of course, when you're depressed and a lot of the times to me, even it, it seems like I'm being realistic, but to other people it's negative. Okay. So in this epiphany, this epiphany had a couple different parts. I realized a few things here. So I was telling myself the same story. You got on medication when you were younger, you really loved it. It changed your life. That's the first thing I always say when I'm, when I'm talking about that experience. But then I go to the worst thing that happened, obviously, is that I left my meds on the plane. I'm making this excuse like that is going to happen regularly. Like I'm just going to be traveling and leave my meds on a plane. No. How about you just not be a fucking idiot and don't leave your medications on the plane? You got your passport, you got your phone, you got your meds. We're good to go. I also, you know, told myself I didn't want to be taking medication daily. I didn't want to be tied to something, but pretty much everyone I know is on some form of birth control. I myself take acne medication daily, like hormonal acne medication daily. So I'm thinking like, okay, I was willing to take something daily to deal with zits, but I'm not willing to take something daily to, to like kind of just reframe my entire brain. (laughs) What the fuck? That's a horrible excuse. I also was creating this negative connotation with medications in my brain. So I know logically that they're not bad because when they're administered correctly, they can be extremely helpful, especially to someone like me who has a brain chemistry issue. And when I was going through a couple of different medications when I was 19, I realized that some worked better than others. And I'll share that in a little bit, but going through that process and seeing how things changed my brain and how it functions made me realize, holy shit, this is literally just a flaw in chemistry. So I wanted to reframe that in my brain and say, hey, medications aren't bad. (laughs) We don't need to be so negative about them. They can be incredibly helpful when there is need. I also thought to myself, why am I making myself suffer? Maybe it's because I'm addicted to misery and chaos and stress I'm currently trying to learn to detox from stress. We can talk about that later. That can be a real addiction. But I'm making myself suffer by telling myself these excuses and framing medication in this negative way in my brain. So I can manage stress through lifestyle changes, as many of us can. I can exercise. I can eat well. I can get to know more about the process. I can self-regulate. I can analyze my behavior and my thoughts and all of these things, meditate, journal, whatever it is that you want to do that we see all over social media with people with the self-care and all that stuff. But let's be realistic. (laughs) I was trying to chase this like self-curing by doing all of these extra things that one, I wasn't able to keep up with. It's not realistic. 
I don't have a thousand hours in the day to do all of these things that I need to do in order to regulate myself. And also I'm lazy, so I'm not going to freaking do them. I know myself. If you can do all of those things, you can get up. We talked about this in the crafting your morning routine episode. Some people just don't have time. I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. to work out for an hour, meditate, journal, do my yoga, make myself a brunch spread. It's just like, I can't, it's just not me. And I'm going to stop trying to do that because it's just not what I naturally want to do. Every time I do it, I don't feel good. I feel stressed out. (laughs) So I was like, what the fuck am I doing with myself? And why am I trying to do all of these very unrealistic things for my life personally in order to regulate something that is a brain chemistry issue. It does make sense, but it also doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It's just not being very realistic. And I have to start being more realistic in my life, okay? And I also have to stop punishing myself, I realized. Lastly, I remembered times in my life and still currently where people close to me who deal with the same issues that I do, I always wished that they were on medications for it because I had known them on medications and I had known them off of medications. And it was just so much better to be around them while they were taking the medications that they needed. I also noticed that they seemed happier and everything about our lives at that time was easier. And I find myself wishing that this person would do that for the rest of the people around them sometimes. And then I turned that on myself and said, then why am I making Joe, for instance, miserable sometimes because I don't feel like getting on medications. It kind of felt like something I needed to do both for myself or try at least and for my relationship. So I had this realization. I was like, stick with me. Hold on a minute. We're going to figure this out. I just, I have these like weird epiphanies. Sometimes they happen. I remember them. I've talked about this before. Like I have a weird epiphany and it changes my entire life. (laughs) Sometimes it's brought on by myself. Sometimes it's brought on by just the way other people word things. But I feel like I've had like five or six in my life. And this was one of them. Noticing my addiction to stress was also another one. And the two kind of coincide. So I decided that morning, I was like, I'm going to give it a try. I don't need to go crazy. I don't need to change my entire life, but I'm going to try this medication thing. I'm going to see what happens. I gave Joe a little warning. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Don't know if I'm going to do something that doesn't work for me and I'm going to be worse or better. I don't know, but I'm going to try. And he was like, all right, we'll give it a try. So I literally went on Google like I do for everything and searched psychiatrist in D.C., A lot of different like online psychiatrists came up. I have personally used BetterHelp before for therapy, but they don't really have psychiatry, I don't think. I know hers.com has kind of like a treatment service. They do have my acne medication on there, and I think that they do have access to psychiatrists on there. So I looked there first. I ended up not being able to get an appointment that day. So I just looked for a new one and I ended on brightside.com. This is not sponsored. None of this is sponsored, but hers is another one just in case y'all want to look at that one too. They also have medications like, I think like UTI medications too. I don't know. I just like hers because I really like their shampoo and conditioner. Anyways, they also have hair products. So anyways, 
I got on Brightside and I did a little research before I looked at some reviews on different websites and people seem to like Brightside. So I went on Brightside and I got connected with the psychiatrist literally that day. And I talked to her. I told her basically everything I just told y'all just now, some things more in depth about like the paranoia and things like that. And she explained to me that she thought I was on what they call an SNRI before there's like SSRIs and SNRIs. And then there's NDRIs, I think, or something. But SSRIs, from what I can tell, very, very simple explanation. They work on your serotonin reuptake inhibitors. SNRIs work on both serotonin and the reuptake of norepinephrine in your brain. So due to my withdrawals from my medication when I was 19 and the brain zaps, she deduced, hey, I think you were on an SNRI because I couldn't remember what I was on. I couldn't figure it out. She was like, I think you were on an SNRI based on that because that happens with SNRIs more often. And you want to start on the lowest dose of that. So basically, when you get on these medications, you're supposed to build up over time. And then when you want to get off, you're supposed to wean yourself off to avoid serious withdrawal symptoms because that can be very dangerous. So you should never be starting or stopping anything too quickly. For me, I was on kind of a moderate dose of this medication when I lost my meds on the plane. So I wasn't able to wean myself off, which is why I had those withdrawals. So she was like, why don't we start you on an SNRI called Effexor, just to be specific so you all know, and we'll start you on the lowest dose. Like this is the dose you would get on either obviously to start or to wean yourself completely off of the medication. So the lowest dose possible is what I'm saying. I decided that the side effects were okay with me and I said, let's do it. So I've taken a very small amount, that first dose, I have not gone up from there because... I have felt so much better. It's unreal. (laughs) I will say the first week, I kind of felt like I was having those brain zaps, but they didn't feel like bad. They felt like fine. Just kind of felt like there was like air in my brain or something. I couldn't really, I don't know how to describe it. One way I will describe it, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about pharmaceuticals and psychedelics in the same episode. So sorry, don't listen to me. Don't do what I do. But I've microdosed mushrooms before, and it kind of felt like that just a little bit. Like, you know, how you just kind of feel if you have done that before, you kind of feel like just a little bit lighter. But anyways, felt like that for about a week. And after that week, I just felt better. So it felt near immediate. The paranoia that everyone around me was going to die in some horrific way all the time has shrunk into like a normal amount of paranoia, just being alive in America today. So I'm feeling like that's a win for me. (laughs) I feel a normal amount of positivity and negativity. There's days I wake up and I'm still tired. I mean, the depression anxiety still exists and I don't mean to eradicate them completely. And I don't, I don't need to, I don't think, but I just feel so much happier. And Sometimes I know people talk about medication kind of numbing them and making them not feel like themselves, but depression also numbs me a lot. So if this is the alternative, I think I'm going to go with this one right now (laughs) because overall I just feel better. And I know some of y'all have commented on my like social media lately and been like, oh my God, you're glowing lately. Oh my God, you look like you're having so much fun. One, DC is really fun, but two, I'm also medicated. So there's that. (laughs) 
But anyways, I wanted to update y'all on that. I know I've talked about anxiety and depression a lot before, so I felt the need to kind of give you an update on where I'm at with the whole situation. I get a lot of questions about how anxiety and depression play a role in my relationship. So I feel like this kind of answers that now. That's not to say that you need to be medicated if you want to be in a relationship with someone. It just works better for me this way right now. And who knows what the future entails. I do not plan on upping my dose unless it's absolutely necessary. But for now, I'm totally fine. I also don't plan on not taking the medications. And I'm going to be more careful about traveling Though traveling within the U.S. is usually not a problem. It was just that one time going overseas where they didn't have the medication I needed. So anyways, also remember to take my prescription with me so no one removes them from me. But I will hereby be talking about my medication as my crazy pills just as a joke. Might throw that in there a couple of times. But I'm loving them. If you guys are on medication, me too. I'm here with you. I'm not ashamed. You shouldn't be ashamed. It is so, so helpful when it's this whole brain chemistry issue. And always remember, hot girls take their meds. Thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind-the-scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to y'all next week.